You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast. On this episode of the podcast, we are visiting the Bluegrass, Horses, Bourbon, and Boone region. My interview is with Mary Quinn Raymer, the Vice President of the Lexington Convention and Visitors Bureau. We are taking you to the heart of horse country, where you can visit historic horse farms and then take one of the most scenic drives you have ever seen in Kentucky. Then we're going to visit vibrant and eclectic downtown Lexington, Kentucky, has a great mix of breweries and distilleries, and then head south to Berea, the folk arts capital of the world. Absolutely. I tell people all the time, I really am living the dream um, because I get to promote this fantastic region of Kentucky, central Kentucky. And I do think many of the iconic images that come to mind when someone says Kentucky, you know, the rolling hills and the fences and the horses and the bourbon barrels rolling off the line at the distillery, all of those experiences are just abundant here in central Kentucky. Let's start with uh, the horses, you know, we think of Kentucky people immediately, they think of Churchill Downs and I will interrupt them and say, wait, 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 until you go to a spring or a fall meet at Keeneland. Um, Just a a gorgeous historic racetrack um, that I think more and more people are beginning to, to come to from all across the world. Absolutely. And it is uh, such a gem. I, it is absolutely the way racing was meant to be. I think the founders of Keeneland get an immense uh, amount of applause for the thought that they put into um, the track and the experience that people would have when they came to visit the track. And I think even all these many years later, 80 plus years later, um, it's still just as much of a treasure as it was when it opened in 1936. So we are very fortunate to have it. We sometimes joke in office in the office that Louisville has the race and Lexington has the reason. So um, Churchill Downs obviously is a wonderful attraction for the state. And clearly the Derby is what puts um, horse racing on the map for so many fans worldwide. But really every aspect of the racing industry is is ultimately tied back to Lexington in some form or fashion. So we are surrounded by 450 thoroughbred horse farms. That's, of course, not just in Lexington specifically, but in all the counties that surround um, our city. We have two um, of the world's largest auction houses. Keeneland also has a sales division, and then Phasic Tipton also does um, equine sales, thoroughbred sales. And then, of course, we have everything from veterinary clinics to retirement homes and um, everything in between. So it is truly the horse capital of the world. And even those tours I have found just personally being on them, they're, they're also different, right? There's a different experience from, you know, the stud farm to the foals to, like you said, to, to see the veterinary schools in action. There's so many different aspects of, of how that industry comes together based on where you want to go for a tour. Absolutely. There are folks who are very motivated to see a particular horse. And then there are other fans that are casual that don't even really know, um, maybe haven't been on a horse farm since they were very young. And so there really is an experience out there for everyone. And I remember the first time I walked into a veterinary clinic early on in this job and saw a massive, you know, 1200 pound animal undergoing surgery and was just awestruck really by watching um, this surgery unfold. And so that's, that's an experience that people can have if they're at our clinics. And then of course, one of my favorite places on earth is old friends located in Georgetown, um, which is a retirement home 
for uh, equine celebrities, thoroughbred celebrities. And if you are in a bad mood or you need a little pick me up, there is no better place to go than to hang out with those horses at Old Friends. And I totally agree. It is. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Wine celebrity. I love that. <laughs> they are. Yeah, right. They we have celebrities. celebrities of the uh, four-legged the variety. <laughs> Living the life, you know, yeah. and, and I, I love, you know, switching gears even to like Kentucky Horse Park. I love what they've done to show off the different breeds of horses, right? I think people would think, well, it's just thoroughbreds. It's not. And I think that has just been a gem and a, and a, a shining example of celebrating all horses. Yes, uh, without a doubt, the Kentucky Horse Park is another true treasure for not only the central Kentucky region, but the entire state, really. And they have um, at times had as many as 50 different breeds of horses there at the park. And so obviously there's a rotation of who's coming in and out. But they do a fabulous job of exposing you to Arabian horses and Clydesdale, Tennessee Walkers and um, Appalachian. And I mean, just it, the, they run the gamut of different breeds that you can um, have a relationship with. And that's really what the park is all about is the relationship that man has with the horse, no matter the breed. So it's a great experience. Well, if we're not coming for the horses, we're coming for the bourbon. And I know you have some of the best oldest distilleries nestled in in your area it's funny when you start to uh get a bunch of tourism folks together and they start trying to say no 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 i we have the oldest recipe in our county so clearly i think everyone in central kentucky was distilling in some form or fashion it was probably the way they survived on at that time what was truly the you know open pioneer sort of west of the U.S. and there are many storied bourbon recipes, bourbon traditions that um, trace back to the early beginnings of Central Kentucky. So we are very fortunate. Um, some huge brands like Woodford Reserve, uh, which is located obviously just outside of our sales, and Buffalo Trace, uh, located in the capital city of Frankfurt, they have a phenomenal tour program. Um, but even newcomers like Castle and Key, which has brought back a very old uh, distillery and an old recipe, but put a 21st century spin on it, and uh, some of our boutique distilleries, one that is particularly fun that's located here in Lexington and in the distillery district is um, the James E. Pepper Distillery. And so all of these great um, bourbon, you know, bourbon operators work really well together and showcasing America's native spirit. And uh, really, it's hard to go wrong. They all have uh, their own spin on the tour program and on the tastings that you get at the end of the tour. So it's a great way to learn about a signature industry and also sample one of Kentucky's finest products. Now that's right. You mentioned the bourbon district there in the in Lexington. Kind yes. of describe that area because I feel like sometimes people don't understand kind of the makeup of what Lexington has become. And yeah. it's really preserved this old with the new. So the distillery district is exactly what it sounds like. There was once, if you were to rewind the clock 100 years ago, there would have been an area of town that was a very thriving um, epicenter of bourbon distilling. 
And the Pepper family was one of the main families, the um, Tar family being another really popular name, distilling family here in Lexington specifically. Um, if you, you know, trace the sort of story of bourbon back, we all know that in the 70s, 80s, bourbon sort of fell out of favor. People were favoring, um, you know, your clear liquids, vodka, gins, those sorts of things. And so what had been a once thriving distillery district in Lexington basically um, just stopped. They just stopped production and it sat for 30 years, blighted. Um, I joke that the only reason I knew where the distillery district was before I got into this role was because that's where your car got towed when you were parking illegally on the University of Kentucky's campus, <laughs> which, you know, you're wont to do um, in your collegiate years, um, pay no attention to the parking signs. And so this area sort of continued on its sort of industrial vibe, but in a way that was really underserved, underutilized. Um, just you didn't have much reason to go there at all. Thankfully, in the last 15 years, that that district, that area of town, which is just west of downtown proper, has completely transformed. And so really in the exact footprint of what was the James E. Pepper distillery, you have got this entertainment hub that is just thriving, tons of activity. It is hard, really hard to find a more packed place on a beautiful summer evening than in the distillery district. And you've got everything from um, ice cream, an ice cream shop to pizza, um, different craft bourbon distilleries down there that you can go in and experience. Um, cidery. There's even retail coffee shop. I mean, it's just a nice hub, uh, music venue right across the street. So it's a great place to um, hang out if you're into um, food, beverage, or live entertainment. Oh yeah. I had friends recently come to visit from Washington, DC, and they, they play, they did their whole stay within the central Kentucky region. They stayed in Lexington, went out to one kind of historic heritage distiller, came back into the distillery district. And they're like, Claudia, everything we needed. <laughs> and we, they wanted to be in a city. They said everything was there. Um, it, they just, they found the restaurants. There's just a very eclectic, um, yeah. right? Like that's not something they expected for it to be so eclectic in city. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because so much of uh, what has happened in the distillery district has been completely organic. It's made of a bunch of mom and pop operators who have really brought this very funky, very fun, very lively energy to the western part of downtown. And <clears throat> there was no master plan that said, okay, you know, this one developer is going to come in and create this vision. It was really a sort of coalition of independent operators and independent folks saying, hey, we think we can do this. If we each have our own little area that we take care of, then we can create something really, really cool. And they have done it in yeah. spades and it has just been awesome. They definitely have. And, you know, I, I want to make sure I give props to the breweries because if bourbon's not your speed, there has just really been, um, an uptick in what the, the brewgrass, I have not been on the brewgrass trail, but tell me about the brewgrass, the brewgrass trail. trail. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We, um, we are really fortunate. So there's a great tagline that goes along with the brewgrass trail. It says, respect the bourbon, drink the beer. Cause we realize that bourbon is not for everyone. Um, and so we have really been so fortunate that in the last decade, it's hard to believe, but our first, um, 
Uh, obviously, we've had a couple of breweries that date, you know, the last 20 years, but really in the last decade, we have just seen a, an onslaught of breweries come online, which has been fabulous. And again, not just in Lexington, but really all throughout the region. And so we decided being the marketing folks that we are, that we would put together a trail that would make it fun for folks to travel along, to be in the various counties, everything from Richmond, Eastern Kentucky University, over to Paris, down to Danville. Um, there's just all kinds of uh, brewery experiences out there. And the Brewgrass Trail Passport guides you along that and gives you some pointers along the way. And um, obviously, if you complete the challenge, which we, of course, encourage to do so responsibly, um, there is a fun little prize at the end. So, The Horses Had Some Bourbon podcast brought to you by Kentucky Tourism. Horses, bourbon, and the great outdoors. That's Kentucky. Original, majestic, and wide open. This is Kentucky. Come see for yourself. Plan your road trip at KentuckyTourism.com. The Berea area is in your region too, right? Because when I mention arts and I'm like, you've not seen art and craft. um, and, And I'm like, please make time. I'll tell guests to go to Berea because I mean, it is, I think they're almost shocked once they get there because it's what the folk arts capital of the world. And they don't believe me until they get there. They have a fabulous tradition that obviously goes way back. Their city has long been one that has been supportive of independent artisans and um, it shows. So I love being an old town, uh, which is in downtown Berea. And you really have got just shop after shop of uh, makers and they are doing everything from painting on silk to carving in dulcimer to blowing glass. And they are great to offer classes and workshops as well as just the retail experience. And so I would say that Berea is a must. It's really where the rolling hills of central Kentucky sort of meet the uh, start of the Appalachian Mountain Range, which is obviously synonymous with Eastern Kentucky. And it is beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful um, part of the state and really fortunate to have so many talented makers in uh in that little hub and i feel like too there's there's the history that you know i know i've made many trips if we can touch on history a little bit because i feel like people want to come for the horses the bourbon the arts and like all the usual things and i'm like yeah but don't forget about the history you know that you have between fort boonesboro old fort Harrod, shaker village from you know goodness there is so much and i think the way that we've approached it and and made sure it's relevant right to to kids to people that maybe just are history buffs too so interestingly, when Kentucky became a state, it did so in Danville, which is in our region, just south of Lexington. It was um, only the capital for, I think, two days, and then it transferred over to Lexington and ultimately became uh, headquartered in Frankfurt, which, of course, is where our capital city is today. But there's a great experience in downtown Danville in and around the founding of Kentucky there at Constitution Square. Of course, the largest Civil War battle that was fought in the state of Kentucky was fought at Perryville, which is also in Boyle County, just outside of Danville. Camp Nelson is a tremendous uh, historical gem. It is where uh, the African-American colored troop 
was based, which was a very important part of um, Kentucky's you know, role in the Civil War. And then, of course, we have many fabulous homes that have been protected and preserved and are available. They offer great tour experiences. Shaker Village is, um, you're not supposed to have favorites in this line of work, but Shaker Village is um, at the top of my list. Just I think it's really hard to be um, any more serene, any more beautiful than a stroll at Shaker Village. So obviously an interesting sort of religious history that had a great impact on the central Kentucky region. Mary Todd, of course, Abraham's wife, her childhood home is in downtown Lexington. It's open for touring experiences. And, uh, and then, of course, the Boones, the, you know, world famous Daniel Boone and his um, pioneering of the West and, and all the places that he traversed in central Kentucky as he was uh, helping expand, expand the country like you've taken us through kind of all the big spots if people were you know planning a visit to horse country and and wrap that in with a a trip to woodford reserve or visit downtown lexington or a side trip to berea but uh, do you have places too that i'm like okay if you've got that extra day go here or visit this location or make sure you grab you know lunch at this restaurant or dinner at this restaurant that are maybe because I feel like more people want to find these places that maybe are off the beaten path that, that don't get as much publicity as other places. So I will admit in full transparency that I am a Danville girl. So uh, I think that Burke's Bakery in downtown Danville has the very best gingerbread man in the entire world. And I would encourage everyone to make sure they have at least one gingerbread man from that bakery. That is probably my all time favorite. Um, Personally, I am a big fan of being outdoors. Anytime that I get to be outdoors is uh, is good with me. And one of the things that I enjoy doing the very most is putting a, a canoe in or a kayak in on the Elkhorn and just moseying down the, the stream. It is, um, there are a couple of outfitters. Uh, canoe Kentucky One is one that comes to mind. They offer guided tours. They offer independent tours. They have uh, for the beginner all the way through your very advanced paddler. And it is really hard for me to come up with a better way to spend an afternoon um, than on the water and uh, looking, taking in the scenery, but from a slightly different perspective. And then of course, I joke all the time that I eat out as a recreational hobby. And so it doesn't matter what kind of food you have a hankering for, uh, chances are you're going to uh, be able to find something that will absolutely delight you. And and uh, we're very fortunate that we have, um, this area has been uh, really welcoming to immigrants. And so, of course, there are some good old Kentucky and Southern classics that you can find, but you can also find a delicious, um, you know, dish that is inspired by you know, a culture uh, half a world away. And so I would say the restaurant scene, the culinary scene is probably also tops for how I'd like to hang out and spend a day. It's foodie heaven in central Kentucky and, and people do not see that coming, but just the way I think we've embraced refugees that have been, that have come here, that have been placed here, and then they're finding their, their place and they're opening businesses, right? And yes. then a lot of that, well, just in downtown Lexington, that area is just seen and it just adds so much variety uh, to what you can be looking for. Uh, where it does, and I, I love when you get a, a chef who's willing to do sort of a mashup, you know, a, a Korean meets bluegrass inspired dish. Um, and so that's always fun to see, uh, 
the endless creativity that our chefs are putting out on a plate. So where do you recommend people go if they want to, to plan a day trip, a couple day trips? Where's the best place to kind of get everything to plan their adventure to central Kentucky? So we have two great resources that I can um, share. Of course, visitlex.com is the Lexington website, but we have a whole section on our site that is devoted to the central Kentucky region. And so we make it very easy to, to start with us and then navigate out. And then, of course, we have bluegrasskentucky.com, which is the region's website. So it is um, we've made the travel planning process very easy by putting all of these cities together in one spot and coming up with itineraries that move you through, um, offer suggestions, give you information on the various attractions. And so those two sites, I think, would be um, so helpful. Anything else you want to add in? This is so great. I'm just glad we finally had a chance to catch up and talk. Well, me too. Um, I would just extend a warm invitation to all those who are tuning in and say, please come visit us. We find that um, we love having people in town and, and we hear all the time that the hospitality here is really genuine, really sincere. So not only do we have these fabulous experiences to offer, but we have a big old, you know, Central Kentucky hug for you when you get here. A very special thank you to my guest, Mary Quinn Raber. If you would like more information and want to start planning your road trip, just head to KentuckyTourism.com. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers.